I'm very concerned. I like I, the recount I, in Arizona. That's just yeah, which is just a garbage. They're literally looking for bamboo in the paper. That's a that's a that's a real fucking thing that they're doing there. Uh, if we can prove that there's bamboo, it means that they were probably shipped from Asia, and that's how. Yeah, and it's like, do you what? understand that all of the things that you are wearing or own in your house were probably also manufactured <laughs> in Asia? <laughs> What up, world? And welcome back to another exquisite episode of oh, the Ameri Podcast. That's a new adjective. Yeah, I don't know if I've I, ever been. Anything I've ever done is exquisite, but I like it. That's so not <laughs> true. I? I believe all those trees that you've planted in the Colorado soil on the eastern slope were exquisitely planted. Truth. Well, yeah. thank you. Yeah, we got we got another. 12 in the ground on Saturday and about 50 shrubs and uh, flowers. So pretty good plants. Go. Yeah, baby. yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure your work is exquisite. <laughs> Today is Monday, May 24th, 2021. And this is episode 148. We are getting ever more closer to that big 150. And we got the original crew in the house. We have... In Denver tonight with us, John Anderson. How are you doing tonight, sir? I'm doing well. It's uh, you know, the Stanley Cup Cup playoffs, so uh, I know what I'm doing with my night. Of course, after this podcast, after after the podcast, everybody settled down. Yeah, for those of you watching <laughs> on YouTube, you might be able to spot a few times where John's not actually paying attention. That's not true. I can multitask. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Toronto just like scored. that, like that. <laughs> I lasted zero seconds. Awesome. Let's do this. <laughs> also with us out in the Denver metro area, Mr. John Kelly. How are you this evening? Good. Very good. Yeah. Glad to be back. Uh listeners, hopefully you all liked our uh heroes versus villains bracket. Definitely let us know how you thought of that because I actually had a lot of fun recording that one. That that revealed something interesting about, uh, I think, our view of American history. Basically, the pivot point was Reconstruction, right? Pivot. And yeah. and fucks and fuck slavery. So, yeah, yeah, I'd say that twice. Hot. <laughs> yes, super hot. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> on it with the hot take. Fuck slavery. <laughs> <Oof>. <laughs> Also with us out in the West Coast, our West Coast correspondent, most of the time, Tyler Grillo. How are you? Uh, yeah, great. Yeah, great. Glad to be here. Glad to be here. Uh, and uh, yeah, I was listening to our other episode, and I think one of my favorite parts was when John Loki whispered flex when Kelly mentioned uh, his degree in uh, history. <laughs> really loved that that was a great moment yeah it was great or maybe blake someone did maybe me i don't know i don't remember doing it someone did uh, i thought it was you but it was somebody i don't remember who it was but i left it in i did have to well, reduce it was a it was like you know how some people just aren't capable of whispering softly i was talking about this with my mother the other day that's probably it was like good. the loudest whisper ever so i had to i, had to I wonder who that down. could be yeah <laughs> Let's be real. 
<laughs> I didn't hear that, but I'm glad someone called me out. Braggadocious <laughs> of me to mention that. I mean, sometimes you got to lay it down. Sometimes you'd be like, look, I have trading in this. I mean, it was very appropriate. And that's actually, that was the context of it was, uh, we needed that moment of the expert historian to come in on the, on the scene. So it was quite appropriate. Uh, but tonight, you might get a little bit more of that. We're going to talk about just some current events, grab back of what's going on in the world. There's been a lot of uh, disturbing and unfortunate things again that have happened. So we're going to talk about those, sprinkle it in with some beautiful things, and then maybe let you know what we really think is bullshit in the world right now today. So <laughs> That should just be the name of the podcast. <laughs> What is bullshit? <laughs> what is bullshit in the world? Stop on by. It's bullshit corner again. <laughs> Check it. So, I think the most uh, obvious piece of news in the last week or two is probably the conflict that's escalated. Can't say that it's new uh, between uh, in, in the Middle East with with Israel and um, yeah, you, you might Gaza. call this a Palestine. Uh, a flare-up in an ongoing chronic condition. Yeah, yeah, that's a good way of putting it. Flare-up. Yeah, and you know, depending on your news source, you might hear that Hamas started to launch a bunch of missiles, and that's why Israel retaliated. But uh, what was happening? And again, there are many things ongoing. But the thing that 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 led them to launch all of those missiles was that there are these right-wing organizations, um, or I don't know what to call them organizations, but like right-wing uh, Israeli people who are, and I think that they are organized in some sense, so I'm just not familiar with their organizations, um, who are targeting specific buildings in East Jerusalem, which is the Palestinian side. If you're familiar with like the Berlin situation, there's also like East and West Jerusalem. And in the Eastern part of Jerusalem, which is supposed to be Palestine's part, they're targeting these buildings and they're going in and, and removing, using some old um, claims to those that before those lines were drawn in the back and forth as um, Israel has uh, uh, attempted to further colonize uh, East Jerusalem. They use like, they're using some old, I'm not totally familiar with all the cases, but like 1920s or 1940s, some like deeds or something, that, which, you know, were also just like, take it also just like land that was taken from the Palestinians originally, but they're trying to basically claim that these legal things give them uh, ownership of these buildings and are like having the Palestinians who live there, the families who have lived there, some of them for multiple generations removed uh, from their houses. So that was working its way through the courts. Um, Literally like the the cops show up and if you don't comply, they will kick you out of your house that you've had for generations and the israeli government is calling it a quote real estate dispute and that i think tyler is what you're referring to as well which is like i mean i guess like in the way we use language technically true but we everybody knows the context is like oh two thousand years old and so we should like be understanding of the context in this and so that is the uh, spark that lit the well, well prepared tinderbox that is uh, Israel Palestine that we saw recently. Yeah. 
and all this is happening in the backdrop of colonization. This is this is the uh, one of right. the most obvious um, forms of modern day uh, colonial projects that is happening: the ongoing colonization of Palestine by Israel. Um, Netanyahu is like totally complicit in all of this, and like he's definitely on the side of continuing this colonization. Yeah, he's he's it, a major part of his party platform is tough on Palestine. Yeah, that's like Absolutely. part of the reason that he continues to get reelected. Well, yeah, and it's it's right. Israel is also in the middle of a uh, gigantic shit show with trying to form a government. They've tried and failed four times over the last, I think, year to form a government and it is uh it, it from my rudimentary understanding of the politics it is a problem with Bibi Netanyahu it is if if it was a replacement level right wing israeli leader the right wing would have no problem forming a coalition but Bibi is extremely controversial. He also, by the way, was indicted, I believe, on some shit. So, like, it's a real mess. And then this is um, partly uh, a, a there is no Israeli leadership that is able to step in. So, one of the things that's been um, this is not totally unusual. And even when there's not, you know, conflict happening, there's still some rockets going on. But one of the things that was particularly unusual about this recent flare up was that. There was like basically street violence between Israel, uh, unorganized Israel, Israelis and Palestine, Palestinians. And that is um, unusual and, and I think particularly concerning, especially because it shows, a, a, I think, a leadership vacuum on both sides and a gigantic uh, mess of a situation doesn't get solved without really strong leadership on both sides. And if we don't have that, there's no way we're solving this we're going to descend into chaos so it is um tinderbox is the right word because it could explode at any second and i mean you you look at it and you're right john it's a 2000 year problem exacerbated by what happened after world war ii and the fact is is that in the last 25 years israel has systematically cut off communities from each other cut off areas of palestine from each other and have basically used the guise of hamas as a bad political actor to do whatever they want um, the West Bank is still under a uh, uh, um, blockade. Yeah, and I mean, anybody who, who cares about humanitarianism at all can see that it's a huge crisis. Their communities are underfunded. They are undersupported. Um, and the Israelis want to keep it that way. Now, <laughs> both sides aren't innocent in this, but man, it's if you care at all about humanitarianism, you got to take a step back and go, there needs to be a pump on the brakes and these people need help you know, right. more than anything. And it's more important than like a couple of beads that you have to make sure that you have another street that you can claim for Israel or yeah. Palestine. Yeah. Right. Well, at some point somebody has got to come in and slap, slap Netanyahu on the wrist. Right. Like, well, but who is that? Right. Like that's else? the UN or the Israeli people, neither of which are, you know, willing <clears throat> or able to act. So, or it's the United States maybe. Um, but Biden is, is, but yeah, it doesn't look like Biden's gonna. Yeah, do I like. I find this very difficult. I think that this is one of the situations where everybody's right and there are no heroes. Like it is when, especially when you hear, you know, like Israelis being like, <laughs> "Have you heard of the Holocaust? Like we were almost extinct as a, a culture." 
and it is important that we have a state. And it's like, I totally agree with you. And then Palestinians are like, yeah, and those people stole our state. And you're like, I agree with you too. And so I think it is like one of the things um, I found myself going back and exploring a little bit this week was Obama's um, speech after he got his Nobel Peace Prize because he gave a defense of war in receiving the Nobel Peace Prize. And so I think that there is some like uh, uh, contradictions that are important that we acknowledge in all of this. And I think like the thi- the the bottom line for this recent engagement for me is that it is terrible that there is conflict. Both sides have legitimate reasons for being upset. But the thing that, that we really need to acknowledge right now is that Israel has significantly more dangerous and lethal military options. And so they do not respond proportionately when these things happen. And so when there's a flare up, you have a dozen Israelis who are killed and 500 Palestinians who are killed. And that is unjust, even in a very unjust context. I mean, yeah, they didn't they assassinate many of Hamas's uh, military leaders. Well, they, I mean, they went after him, but they also, um, there's a, uh, a euphemism in Israeli defense forces when these types of actions happen, which is like mowing the grass. And so they, when they get into a conflict like this, they try and take out as many targets as possible. They took out the building that houses Al Jazeera, which is not acceptable. They took out, um, hospitals, including the only, COVID likely daycare centers yeah they took out schools like these things are not okay slash maybe war crimes and so like how is that trimming the grass because they these these they're in a perpetual state of conflict and they're only able to really act over certain periods of time every several years and so they build up these target lists build up these target lists finally there's a boil over chop and they can the yeah but, chop off as many of those would, target lists i would argue that in I mean, your effort to cut the grass you accidentally cut the roses the roses being like the children in the hospital <laughs> you know right i mean like yeah these people are not uh, I mean, I'm not going to speak for these people, and you should. It's a bad grass cutting job, basically. If that guy was cutting my grass at my house, he'd be fired. Like you just sure. cut my roses off. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I'm, I'm going to take a little bit of a harder stance here, uh, uh, perhaps, and some others, just to to get my piece. I mean, so first of all, yeah, totally. Like the the disproportionate um, response. There was, I think, a little over 200 Palestinians killed, 66 of which were children, and there were 12 Israelis killed. Right in this recent conflict, um, I actually don't think uh, this is this is one of those controversial the don't at me uh, conversations we've had of political things. Um, I actually don't think uh, Jewish people should have their own state. I actually don't think anybody should have a state based on ethnicity. If you look at world history, that has always ended poorly. Always, always, mm-hmm. always. And to anyone who supports the Israeli state based on the fact that there should be a Jewish state, then I ask you, do you think Kurds should have a state? Because then we should take part of Iraq, part of Iran and Turkey and give them their own state because they are now the largest ethnic group that does not have a state. And so if you believe in that, then you should actually... Happens with the Uyghurs in China. 
Right. Exactly. Exactly. If you believe, actually, then you should support um, uh, the the Kurds who are the the the, the current movement for a Kurdish state, which is actually an anarchist feminist uh, state. So you should actually be supporting that if you believe, because that's what they want to do. So if you actually believe in that, then you should support the you should support that movement. Um, so I think, however, so it also you know it has. I mean, I don't think you can go. I mean. They're a state with nuclear weapons, so saying yeah. that you're just going to have them not be a state any longer no, no, no. is not an option. No. But I mean, like, it set it up for disaster. Yeah, by, no. yeah. <laughs> by taking away areas of the Holy Land from other people we, and saying this is just going to be Israel territory, especially exactly it's fought over for thousands of years. I mean, exactly. Like, we, we are. It's, it's them as a bastion head against a lot of the other Arab world. Yeah. We're at where we're at right now. We can't like there's no, it doesn't make sense to say like well never mind now you just don't have the same like that's that's not a solution <laughs> right, anymore, right? Like, yeah <laughs> yeah it, it it exists so what you have to build now is a multi ethnic society you have to build a multi ethnic a multicultural society right and that is not what is happening right like it is it is this continuation of the colonial project and the two state thing becomes really complex because there was an offer of a two state back when they still thought that they were going to. But, you know, they were going to be able to kick the, the Jewish people out and get rid of the Israeli state. They rejected it. Right. That did. So that didn't go so well. And so now that offers like really not so much on the table anymore because Israel has has, um, uh, you know, been able to establish itself so strongly. And yes, it has nuclear weapons and it's backed by the United States. Right. So this all gets super, super complicated. But I think the thing to keep in mind is like what you were saying, just the the disproportionate. Um, and the, the thing that I just want to state finally is that I think that how we talk about it in the United States, given that the United States supplies so much military and other aid to um, Israel is really important. And I think the thing that I don't hear as publicly said is enough that needs to be is that Israel is an apartheid state because that's what it is. Right. It is it is an apartheid state. And I think we have to start talking about it that way so that it gets more understood in the general context that this is like talking about South Africa in the 90s. Right. Like this is that same narrative and we need to start t- not the same narrative, but it's a similar narrative in terms of the discrepancy of how these different uh, people are being treated um, in, by, by the same government. Um, and so, yeah, I just feel like calling it an apartheid state is, is important in the way we talk about it to ch- shift the narrative in the United States. Yeah, I, I agree. Oh, go ahead, John. Real quick, because I, I don't want this to go unanswered because we get yelled at. Uh, I don't. I think I disagree with you a lot about uh, there shouldn't be states based on ethnicities. And like, I don't know if you could even argue that Israel is a state based on an ethnicity. I think it's more a religion and culture, but like, I take your point. Um, I think that uh, like, I am for a Kurdish state. um, And I think there's historic reasons to have a Kurdish state. Uh, But I get that also you're going to be taking stuff away from other people. I think, because we do not have time for this debate because it's, it's so complicated and long, but I think yeah, just to like another podcast, but go ahead. this is another f- podcast series. Uh, but I think like to put it most succinctly, I think that states are the, the entity of power that we currently hold as a species. It is not like necessarily just but it is what it is and so to have a culture group of people that do not have some kind of state especially when put into historical context i think it is legitimate and reasonable to expect that people that groups like the jews or groups like the kurds could have a state all for themselves to have kind of a a bastion in our uh 
complex global ecosystem. But like that is a, a super long debate, and I'm not exactly um, that's not uh, articulated as as best as I wanted it to. But I'm like you know trying to articulate that off the top of my head. But that's my yeah. reaction there, especially put in the historical context. Bullet notes for are the real conversation for me. It's all about borders. For me, it's all about borders because it's like, it's when you say like, these are the lines, that's where it happens, right? Like it makes sense. To, humans have always organized and created cultures together, right? And like the, the, the modern manifestation of that is, is nation states. But it's when you start to say, like, look at, look at Pakistan and India, right? It's when you start to draw lines of who are supposed to be on which side that starts to create violence. So if you can have open borders, right? Totally. I'd be down for that. I mean, the, I, the solution here is a strong UN in my mind. Right. Uh, that is <laughs> right. that is wow. able to like enforce the defense of cultures, but obviously that comes with a whole lot of issues as well. And we don't. This is not the podcast we intended, so we yeah. we can well, have this I would debate say later. The boycott, divest, sanction, the BDS movement is important. Like we as Americans, I think there's a responsibility to put pressure um, uh, on our politicians around this because um, all politicians, uh, regardless of I mean, not all, but all like in the, you know, major Republican or Democratic figures um, have been large supporters. You're starting to, that's starting to change with, you know, the gang, of, the gang of three and all of that. But um, yeah, so it's, just, on, it's, it's honestly too bad that in, in, in this country, and I think what you see, there's a lot, there's not a lot of movement on the Palestine Israeli uh, attitude with a lot of people in power here in this country, because there's such a strong right wing pro-israel force in this country i do think that's changing generationally though i think i yeah. think it is too and i think that is changing a lot of conflicts how we view a lot of conflicts yeah. nationwide but there's still there's still a stigma i think that's associated with that particular conflict where any question of the israeli government ends up being seen as almost anti-semitic in a way totally right yeah, yeah. You, and and, it, and that and that goes back to tyler's point is that when you have a nation state that's only set up around one specific thing which is Judaism. Yeah. That's what you're going to get, unfortunately, because the state no longer then is anything else besides a manifestation of that religion. Totally. Well, well, look at U.S. history. Puritans were being persecuted in, in fucking England, so they came over here and then Colin started colonizing and fucking shit up, right, and started trying to, you know, it's like, we have seen this before, you know, it's not like yeah. this has not happened before. Um, but now yeah. that I've taken up uh, more than half of our time with the thing that I wanted to talk about today, <laughs> I was just going to uh, say we should just do Israel Palestine. Yeah. And just I mean, we can just get going, but there's more other things that have also happened in the world. Interesting. Yeah, Jim Crow 2.0. Yeah, yeah. is that uh, on your list, John? Just I assume there was like crew. five or seven points were going to be. I have with that. I have Liz Cheney, the January 6th Commission. Uh. The For the People Act slash Jim Crow 2.0. So, like, around that, I would, around like the issue of democracy, I would say I have three of my now eight things because I added Israel Palestine because I was embarrassed it wasn't on my list. As you should be. (laughs) (laughs) Fucking that. I mean, let's talk about voting shit. It's okay. And it's also okay that we took that long because it's important. And and we need to take that long. It's not either. Yeah. Have you guys have you guys right. ever read the science fiction books um, that are called uh, something states? God, I can't remember it. But basically, the idea is that it's a globalized government, like 150 years from now, where every the entire world is one giant democracy, and every 30,000 people is another like county in the entire right. world. 
And so, and P, and it's all open borders. You're allowed to move in between, right? But there, you get, you know, 30,000 person pockets where you have like super heavy religious people and you'll have super environmentalists and you'll have like all like super warlike people, like, and you're allowed to kind of move. It's very fascinating. Let's go, baby. Yeah, how I know. It look, you know? Yeah. Uh, this is a whole other podcast, but I think that's essentially inevitable unless we blow ourselves up. Yeah, we have yeah, yeah, the, the yeah. way that the internet right. connects us and travels so quick now. And the history of literally our entire species points in that direction. Like, yeah. I think yeah. that there are two races. There's a race between two fundamental things happening right now with our species, our ability to blow ourselves up and our connectivity and our ability to get off the planet. And whichever one of those wins determines whether we, you know, continue as a species. Right down yeah, Thomas ours. for episode 150. Let's go. Yeah. And a third, <laughs> which is just complete biome collapse, but that probably forces our hands and blowing that up. that counts in into the like uh, we'll blow ourselves up yeah that right. totally counts into that like basically are we going to destroy ourselves it, or are we going to get off the planet those are the two things that are happening right now it'll that is that i actually i got from a michio a michio kaku book too mm-hmm. yeah wow. shout out listeners if you have never read michio kaku go read michio kaku you should or just watch just pick a random discovery channel or history yeah. channel show <laughs> yeah. and he's probably on it. Yeah, so. It's about, yeah, <laughs> microparticles and physics. Yeah. Um, so voting is important. Also, democracy. We like that. There's been, I think, over 400 bills introduced in state legislators to reduce voting. There's a bunch of people who are now running for state election officials who do not believe that Joe Biden is the legitimately elected president of the United States. I'm starting to feel like we are fucking boned and uh, I am, I'm very concerned. I like the recount in Arizona. That's just, yeah. Which is just a garbage. They're literally looking for bamboo in the paper. That's a, that's a, that's a real fucking thing that they're doing there. Uh, If we can prove that there's bamboo, it means that they were probably shipped from Asia. And that's how. Yeah, and it's like, do you what? understand that all of the things that you are wearing or own in your house were probably also manufactured <laughs> in Asia? But that's a, a another thing. So yeah, this is. Um, I mean, like, I think it is better odds than not that if we have a Republican Congress in 2024, they refuse to certify any Democratic winner. Mm-hmm. Just, just, just because. Yeah. Yeah. I mean. We can see where their um, intentions are shifting at this point. You know, yeah. uh, when, when you sent that that little uh, tweet today that showed the Republicans running for Secretary of State, and it just so happened to be that all those Republicans also didn't um, approve or vote for the certification of the vote. It's just really disturbing. You know? Yeah, we're we're in a whole heap of trouble. So, yeah, I mean, you have an entire party that you know, believe Trump's big lie. And whether or not they believed it or not, they continue to support it because it underlines their message. And it but, keeps yeah, their and base, keeps their base excited, keeps their base informed. And that's why Liz Cheney was removed from leadership. It was because she it it wasn't even that she believed that the big lie is bullshit, because a lot of them believe that the big lie is bullshit, but she refused to shut up about it. Yeah. And that's why she was re- and also just to shit on her a little bit because we I, I personally have been praising her too much she is not a fan of voter rights like she <laughs> she waffled super hard on on a question from Jonathan Swan in a good interview recently about voting rights so it's like you know thank you for defending american democracy in this one particular instance 
appreciate it. But like, let's make this a greater principle. And again, America is better when people vote. Like, we're more prosperous, we're safer. It makes practical sense that we support democracy. What we're seeing here is a continuation of the Republican Party as they come more and more uh, to the reality, to accept the reality that their ideology is is losing, basically, right? Yeah. Like their ideology is losing, and instead of doing some like deep soul searching about like, hey, like what is really at the core of our ideology? What should we actually lift up? Instead of that and doing the the hard work of that, they are doubling down um, uh, for the uh, at the at the uh, what's the word I'm trying to say. Um, at the expense of democracy, right? Yeah, agree. Yeah. And you know what? And actually, I'll, I'll push back a little bit because I actually read a really great article this week that was kind of arguing the opposite a little bit, Tyler. Right? Because mm-hmm. one one thing to do is to do that work, right? To internalize what colonization meant, what what white supremacy really is, right? What these types of things have done to society. Try to move forward from it. But this this I think it was in the Atlantic actually, and the argument was. This is it's it's a repurposing for a lot of people that for generations didn't think that white people were like their own race. And to them, it's getting thrown in their face. And so their idealism is to do that, is to come back in and protect themselves mm-hmm. rather than thinking about, oh, you know, if we are just another race of people, right, then we all share the planet together. It's a hardening of it. <laughs> right. That, yeah. And so, it's, you know, um, it's always it, what was interesting. It, it was a good argument. but it misses the point that that has always been an underlying thought in the history of the United States. Um, there's yeah. always been a hardening of white rights <laughs> and white idealism um, throughout. But um, yeah, no, it really, um, if you think ahead to 2022, you think the midterms and then again to 2024 um, and beyond, you know, what you're going to see is I think the, the Democrats in the house and the Senate are probably going to have enough to pass some kind of, voter federal voting bill and a lot of it's going to get torn down in states uh, because you have most states republican control and they're backing these more draconian measures um based off of that idea that it you know the election was stolen when it wasn't so you perpetuate it at the top you don't stop people you allow the lie to continue it grows and grows and you know what we're all going to have to reap what is being sown in those states unfortunately uh, speaking of another thing that I had on my list, fucking Joe Manchin and his goddamn nonsense about the filibuster being like, oh, wait, you mean that the Republicans weren't negotiating in good faith about the January 6th commission and now they're going to filibuster it? Who could have seen that coming? Oh and so, anyone with half a brain. Any, literally anyone who has been following American politics since 2010, other than Joe Manchin, saw that coming. And so... Uh, we need we this is an existential moment for american democracy i know that that sounds intense but i really believe it is true i'm sorry we've been saying it for four years now yes but this is like the moment we have to pass the for the people act because if we pass the for the people act and it's well crafted then we will be able to come in with the supremacy clause of the constitution and be like that's a cute state law you have there but turns out we have the supremacy clause so go to fucking hell and so we if we're able to pass a strong for the people uh, uh a strong act for voter rights 
we can make sure that this shit doesn't happen, but there's no possible way the Republicans aren't going to filibuster it. So we have to get rid of the filibuster if we're able to do this. And I swear to fucking God, if Joe Manchin ruins it, ruins American democracy, I am going to, it is going to be further proof that this is the dumbest of all possible timelines because yeah, I can't believe that, that is the fucking final boss that we couldn't defeat was <laughs> goddamn Senator Joe Manchin from goddamn West Virginia. That a centrist from West Virginia. Yeah, yeah, it's wild. goddamn insane. And and Kristen Cinema in Arizona, it's like w- these two senators. <sighs> so we need to pass the for the people act is is the moral of the story because otherwise all these laws are going to go into effect and we are not going to be able to have certified elections in pivotal states in twenty twenty four. Yeah, I mean because there's going to be just as much pushback from Democrats if they start losing. What this does, what. January 6th of this year set a dangerous precedent for it, which is that if people don't get their way, they can just yell and scream about it, start a riot, attack people, and people are going to look away after a couple months. Yeah. They'll just be like, ah, we'll just sweep it under the rug. It'll be- Listen, people can yeah. scream and shout about it all they want. That's fine. But it's when you attempt to overthrow the government. <laughs> kidnap a governor yeah maybe. kidnap a governor yeah. when you start to do those sort of things right and and i mean i just i just i don't have time we don't have time to go down this whole rabbit hole but it's like the amount of mental gymnastics and things that have to be done in order to think that you're protecting i like that they use the word like protecting our freedom more than democracy they usually say that because freedom is just an amorphous thing that can just mean like anything that you want it to mean. And what it right. means is like your freedom to do whatever the fuck you want to do, which is not how actual freedom works. Right? I think like, it means individual power. Yeah, indiv- really exactly. Right. A lot of the time when we're talking about freedom, they're talking about individuality and individual power. I think that's a great point, John. Yeah. yeah. Yes. I yeah. also think-, think on positive and negative freedoms that we could get into sometime in the yeah. future. Yeah. I want to say one thing. Sorry, Blake. I, I- I'll get back to you in just a second, but I, I saw a great tweet that was like, uh, hey, so Republicans who believe that it was Antifa that really did that on January 6th, wouldn't you want a commission so you could prove that you're right? Like, yeah, yeah, people yeah. that have been like yelling about that for the last three months that it was really infiltrated by leftists. Yeah. Um, yeah. Just a thought, you know, if you want transparency. Yeah. <laughs> I've been uh, back to the, the whole freedom, um, what it means. <laughs> Uh, point that you were just making, Tyler. I I've been thinking about this a lot lately, and I think, I think like I've been trying to understand it in the ways that they understand it, and I, this is what I've come up with: freedom to to those people who understand it to mean that what it what we're talking about, right? Uh, is like if you to think about it in science terms. To me, it means like. Um, action without reaction that's what freedom means to them is mm. to basically perform action without mm. consequence it's, but in it's the, the world, individual power thing right but in, but in but that's not how the world works in like literally science and material and energy there's always a reaction to an action so it's mm. just like on on almost a mathematical level what you want is physically impossible you know yeah i mean there's a there's a lot of like energy is conserved motion is conserved uh we are ultimately all star stuff like there's a lot of science that supports the idea that there is a one interconnected um universe whatever we want to call it also there's like 
major world religions that also believe this. So like maybe we're onto something there and American conservatives should pay a little bit more attention to uh, the communal nature of our society, our world and our universe. Yeah. So it's so funny because a lot of them really want strong, small communities, right? A lot of them are really for that, but it's based off of Christianity and we're talking American Christianity. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Cause all other yes. Christianities are weird. You know, yeah. Um, well, and I think, well, I think, I, I, and I shouldn't, I shouldn't generalize because that does throw a lot of actually really good, kind Christian people in this country under the bus. Because um, well, I'm not going to say that all Christians are evil. And I was going to say, I think that that's changing. Like there used to be a phrase, um, and this was uh, coined by Tip O'Neill, who's a Democrat in the '80s. All politics is local, and I think that that is flipped. I, I think that is wrong now. I think all politics is national. When you look at you know local races a lot of them are responding to national stories and that's what their their race is about and so and i think in a similar way the republican party has turned away they they are in no way a small c conservative party anymore i think on like any level and so I, you know when it, i i don't know exactly where like i think the the like the small community local community um uh, thread of American thought it now resides in the environmental movement most um, prominently, where they say we have to get you know like produce local, consume local. You know, like that's one way to solve the climate crisis is to have more local communities. And so, like, I think that I say all that to say I think our our typical view of American conservatism is is changing in like very because well, yeah the demographics are shifting there's more people living in cities well no but i think their ideology is changing if you look at rural communities they're still very much associated with that idea of small c conservatives and local control all that stuff i don't i i i don't i don't buy that anymore i guess is what i'm saying i think that there's enough uh evidence Big city liberal coming in, telling people in rural America. <laughs> well, no, I mean, I look at like the uh, all politics is national. Like the Republican Party, the only litmus test is do you believe Donald Trump is right, right. or not? Right. That is that is the it, it's 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 not like oh I want the government to stay out of my local church. And it's Donald Trump is the God man, and we must support the God man. Yeah. And so the Republican Party, we have to get away from understanding them as conservative because they're just not. And I don't, I don't think that the conservative, like a genuine conservative person that really believes in genuine conservative values, which I have, I disagree with in a lot of ways, but I have respect for, I don't think that they have a political home right now. I really don't. I don't think that the Democratic Party is a home for them. And I don't think that the Republican Party is a home for them right now. I think that they are out in the woods. And I don't even really know how many of them there are. Let's bring them home. Uh, I want to bring in the the personal is political, which I was just looking up. To, uh, apparently, that phrase was po- not maybe coined, but popularized. No, no, all all politics is local. Well, no, no, no. But I'm bringing in. I'm bringing in. Oh, you're bringing a, in another one. Another oh, one. Yes. The personal is political, which I believe was uh, I'm reading here was popularized in an essay by the feminist Carol <laughs> Hanish um, in 1970, published in 1970. Um, but the or someone is called the the private is political, but the personal is political is basically the theory that things that are everyone is like, well, that's not political, but everything is political. It just depends on whether or not it personally impacts you or you perceive that it personally impacts you. And so I would say that what we're seeing is, and 
some some politicians like Donald Trump are doing this very well, where things that maybe had been perceived as not impacting people that are like more national scale or things or that that maybe have a national scale are 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 impacting them more personally. So like for example, like um like racism, right? <laughs> like racism has existed for a really long time. But it's when politicians take and say, well, look at all these BLM people, they're going in and they're, uh, they're, they're destroying property and that could happen in your town. Now, all of a sudden, right, it becomes more, more of an issue to people in rural areas, even though they maybe have very low populations of black people in their communities, mm-hmm. right? It's when, it's, it's when things start. So, so I think that the age of social media and yeah. um, all this has, has amplified this because people are seeing and getting so much more information that they have in the past that a lot of things are becoming personal that were not considered personal. And so I think this ratcheting up that you're speaking to, John, is that things at the national level are becoming more personal for people because of the access yeah. and the amount people are seeing them. I, I don't think people are wrong in, in a lot of ways in perceiving. Like, I, I think it's an and. I, I, I don't think it's a local or uh, national, but it's now the local and the national matter to your person. Yeah. And I think people, like, I, I just want to say, I don't think people are delusional. In, I think they're making rational choices when they are nationalizing events or whatever, because that's just kind of how our society functions now. A lot of it is because the internet, and that's a, a 10 year old, 15 year old phenomenon at this point, right? Like I saw a crazy ass video on Twitter, uh, this weekend of a newscast and they were discussing the internet 27 years ago and they didn't know what to call the at symbol. They were like, Oh, you know, the, the, a with the, like the circle around it. I I, I said at, and then they were, it was on like a gun violence thing. And so the, the, the email was like violence at NBC. (laughs) Yeah. And when they read the, when they read the email, it was like violence at, you know, dot us dot nbc.com and they didn't read any of the dots when they actually like read it out loud wow. and then they're literally asking their producers wow. like what is the internet actually and i it's like it is so fucking wild if you especially if you take a step back and think about it in our life how much within our lifetime within our lifetime our society is completely completely fucking changed and this is not necessarily a new phenomenon within the last couple hundred years we went from discovering how to fly which humanity has been trying to do since before we could write probably right and we went from flying in north carolina to the moon in like 50 years yeah yeah i mean the yeah we we live in a entirely different thing and honestly we don't know all the long-term effects we have no idea how it's going to play out really Uh, the, the, the sociology behind it of just constant interaction constant connection is something that We've never had as a singularity, baby. And yeah, it's who knows. It's going to get wild. It, yeah. Wild. So yeah. this is why our politics are so fucking wild. One of the reasons Hold why. Hold on to your butts. Now, yeah. There's. Yeah. Hold on to your butts. Now, um, I'm sure, there's a lot of other topics we could discuss here. Uh, well, can I sh- can I share one on my list that that felt um, relevant to the trajectory? I want to mention mine. I want to mention podcast? one of mine too. But yeah. It might be the same. Fucking aliens. Fucking oh. aliens are real and like we have acknowledged them and they're a thing and like Yo, and nobody cares. June nobody first. fucking cares. Probably by the next time we put out a podcast, everybody the the fucking thing that listen, 
even a broken clock is right twice a day. Trump, you know, did that whole thing where they have to, like, fucking say they have to basically come forward and tell us June 1st. That's when they have to release all that shit. It's it's just a few days, friends. Motherfucking aliens and shit, man. Disclosure's happening. Also, did you see this shit sideline on aliens? They, they, this is, like, not super new, but, like, uh, I think it was somewhere in Mexico, so probably Mayan. Um, they, like, you know, just, they were going through all these relics or whatever that they, you know, as they, were, they had found whatever, a tomb. I don't even, I don't remember. It was a tomb or, a, you know, you know, they uncovered, like, a dwelling or whatever. And as they're going, they found these little tiny, uh, they found, like, a bunch of them. There's, like, multiple of them. Uh, these little small gold trinkets. And they don't know what they are, but they kind of look like planes. Let's go, baby. Serious? Let's go. I'm sorry, hey, is that I supposed to prove, is that supposed to prove that there's aliens? Or that there's like time, there was a time warp shit happening, or there was like a time warp shit happening, and they saw airplanes because they kind of look more like planes than UFOs. Yeah, or maybe there are fundamental physics to being able to fly. But it, you got to look at them because they like it. Like looks like there's a cockpit, and like it's it. The way that they're designed is like yes. You if it was just like a thing that flies, yes. But if you look at how they're, it looks like a another plane. fun fact about That's that uh, region, um, the Olmecs were are considered to be the ones who discovered chocolate and uh and like mm. drinking and eating chocolate and they speaking of no borders they were more of a nomadic culture um in that part of america and they eventually were absorbed into the mayan culture so hmm. you know maybe we can just globalization baby our, yeah <laughs> full circle there <laughs> on that note hey thanks i everybody. mean it is it is yeah like, what did you want to bring in? Well, I feel like we should end it there, but I, I did want to mention the fact that um, that uh, I didn't know this, but apparently back when William Barr was uh, defending Trump, he sent a like a redacted memo in um, as, as like defense to not charge Trump uh, in 2019 oh and that's and that's getting um that is like blowing up right now uh judge just a few weeks I think they ago have to release it don't they yeah rejected the justice department's attempts to keep it secret yeah. so that should be getting released soon um it'll be nice to see yeah what what bars lame ass excuse was <laughs> uh trying to overturn american democracy to preserve the prerogatives of the executive Probably. Um, Trump showed me his balls one time, and I was like, those are ginger goodness. Please, let me write this memo for you. That's, that's, right. a, that's, a, that's a more likely. Uh, I want to... I have one more actual serious thing to mention also is the Belarusian um, journalist slash dissident that uh, Belarus forced a commercial airline to land and then they fucking kidnapped this guy and uh there should be some goddamn consequences to belarus this is where the un un needs to step up the eu needs to step up the united states needs to step up like we need to do some shit wasn't there already sanctions yeah so the 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 yeah the eu announced that they will no member airline will be flying in belarus They'll be avoiding Belarusian airspace, I believe. The U.S. should follow suit. There should be serious consequences for this. The The international norms that were established after World War II are extremely important to the world connectivity, to world economy. Balance. The, the world that we have been able to 
build over the last 70 years is in part because commercial airlines are left alone and all that kind of shit. And so we need to heavily enforce these things and Belarus needs to face some fucking consequences and maybe we just throw some shit into on Russia because I have no doubt Russia was a part of this. And so let's fucking go. Let's defend some international norms. Let's go. International norms. Godspeed, everybody. I didn't know if you were gonna end on. I didn't know if we were gonna end on international norms or aliens because, like, it's close for us. It's close, you know. Like, I feel like that's usually the I, they're they're equally popular on this podcast. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's true.